Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Damask Leary. I'm Broderick Gordis. Tom's house was broken into when he confronted the burglar and then he had to go have eye surgery and then my son had to go over and help and then my son, he rolled over his car five times on the way home. Off topic, hot topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing, and generally consuming. You should also know we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. So if you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweet us at huntingscast. Just like listener of the podcast GJ Corbin did this week in relation to our review of Squid Game last week, they tweeted to us, since English remakes of Korean pop culture mega events uh, were briefly brought up what's your take on what we know about the u.s parasite show damask i'd ask you to answer this question mm. but you haven't seen parasite so it's hard One, for you to have i haven't <laughs> i haven't seen parasite very naughty of me but i also haven't heard anything about this u.s tv show thing I'm not sure I had either. Maybe it came up somewhere along the way or it made into an off-topic hot topic or maybe it didn't. Um, mm. But when GJ brought this to my attention, I had a look into it. And my first feeling is why Why would we do this? Why would they do a US remake of Parasite except because they decide that no one can be bothered to read English subtitles, obviously, or subtitles of any other language that isn't Korean. Mm. But what if I told you it's not a remake – it's an original story set in the same world as the Parasite film. Boong Joon-ho is creatively involved and will be produced by Adam McKay, who's writer of The Big Short and producer of Succession. Does that change your feelings at all? Not that you have um, many feelings. Because does it change movie. my neutral feelings? Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds better than obviously yeah. no one from the original film being involved. Um, I yeah. And that's not a remake. And that's not a remake yeah. of the movie. It's great. Yeah. So I think based on those things, let's wait and see. There's potential mm. there. It's not just, you know, an automatic car crash. While we're on the subject of Squid Game, something I forgot to bring up last week was the massive success of this show, not just as a foreign language show, but for those foreign language show for those outside of Korea, but in success as, a, as an original property. Uh, I was put best in a tweet by Aaron Fullerton, who you can follow at at Aaron Fullerton. I want to quote this because I liked the thought of this. I get why TV execs are so obsessed with reboots of major IP right now. I mean, if you look at the stuff that blew up in the last 18 months, it was Ted Lasso, Tiger King, Mayor of Easttown, The Queen's Gambit, Squid Game, Bridgerton. Oh, (laughs) Um, which I thought was a very good point. Original stuff's actually been really, really popular. And Mm. there's all these remakes happening at the moment in lots of other ways. There's Turner and Hooch, like show based on the original movie and there's the Ghostbusters new film that's coming out soon but at the same time all this original stuff has been blowing up in huge ways on TV um, I thought just this is another point of huge success in that I thought was worth bringing up I wish I did it last week um, also also 
We talked briefly about the Korean cop gun thing. There's a there's a mm, minus balls for Squid yeah. Game, but at one point there was discussion about the guns and ammunition that police use, and we were confused about that. The gun in question in the series is said to hold up to five rounds, so it's got five sort of like slots for bullets in the chamber. But regulations state the police must keep one chamber empty and fill another with a blank, meaning the gun could only have had three live rounds in it. We wondered mm. why that was. And the best answer I could find came from a Reddit user, EOW underscore HWAET underscore M8. Right. (laughs) And he said, or they said, older guns used to have floating firing pins or firing pins attached to the hammer. Dropping the gun or any other strong blow to the uncocked hammer could cause the gun to fire unintentionally. So leaving the chamber currently in line with the uh, line, line to fire empty prevents that from happening. Um which I thought was very interesting. Also, right. potentially the using the blank in there, one round that won't actually be deadly, was so it could be used as a warning shot, apparently. Which I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Headlines. Some trade talk. According to an unnamed source for Variety, Marvel are developing an Agatha Harkness-focused WandaVision spin-off series for Disney+. Plus. How do you feel about that potentially happening to Mask? Fuck yeah. Cool. I'm into it. I want more from Agatha. Um, yeah, no. So, th- and this will be with Catherine Hahn. We would imagine so. I yeah. mean, why would you do it without Catherine Hahn? Yeah, her totally. character now. Spoilers cool, for cool, Division. Cool. Sorry about yep. that. Um, <laughs> I imagine surely the show has to be called Agatha all along. Otherwise, mm. why would you even bother? Uh, this comes as news hits that Catherine Hahn led. Joan Rivers series that we reported in the last Off Topic Hot Topic that was in development at Showtime is no longer moving ahead after the network couldn't secure the rights to Joan Rivers' life rights, meaning they can't use any of her jokes or catchphrases and wouldn't have been endorsed by Rivers' surviving family, could have led to lawsuits and all sorts of things like that. So that's no longer happening. Uh, I think we sort of all agreed it was interesting, if not inspired casting. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's weird to like even make that conversation public before you have the life rights mm. yeah it was, well, it was i'm not sure it was public i think it was more trade talk that variety was covering they often gotcha. cover like what they hear from sources and stuff like that mm. it wasn't an official announcement right 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 so gotcha. now don't expect it it's not happening um mm-hmm. In another update to a story we talked about last month, surprising no one, that massive first look look deal that David Chase signed with HBO has become a discussion of what to do next with Sopranos. Chase wants to do another movie, apparently, but HBO are trying to pressure him to do a sequel series, by which I mean, uh, sorry, a prequel series to The Sopranos, a sequel series to The Many Saints of Newark. In an interview Mm. with The Hollywood Reporter, Chase said, quote, the movie didn't do well in theatres, but it, like, broke the machine on streaming. It was huge. So now they want me to do another series of Sopranos from the time the movie ends until the time the series begins. Uh, It doesn't come as a surprise to me. In fact, it just seems to make perfect sense. Um, does that interest you at all? Of course not. <laughs> no, I don't want to dive back into the world of the Sopranos. I'm not interested. They're all terrible people. In announcements, Netflix is developing a That 70s Show spin-off series called That 90s Show. There was a That <laughs> 80s Show, I believe, at one point. Yes, I'm not sure if it was I, directly attached to That 70s Show, but there I have was seen that, that. Mm-hmm. Yep, Was that any yep. good? I never saw any of that. No, it wasn't. It didn't last very long, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, the show, that 90s show, will be set in 1995 and will focus on Eric and Donna's daughter, Leia. Kurt, Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp 
are reprising their roles as Red and Kitty Ford, but no word yet on if Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, or anyone else from the original will return or mm. who will play Leia. Does that interest you at all, that 90s show? Um, I mean, that 70s show doesn't really interest me very much. Um, I don't know. Is it going to be, I guess, a show with a laugh track? Because that really... Yes. Oh, it's really hard for me to jump on that kind of show. Like I think about, I think it was just called Mum or something, which is with like Anna Faris and Alison Janney, which sounds yeah. totally up my alley, but I have never watched an episode simply because of a laugh track. Like, I just can't do it. I think the thing that was sad for me, I know shows like Pen15 are doing this a little bit, more early 2000s, but the idea that the 90s are now nostalgic enough to be a that 90s show, like what are the 90s tropes? They're going to be wearing plaid and listening to... Uh, like grunge and playing so. N64, Spice I Girls guess, and Spice Girls is a big all one. that all that stuff. I mean, it's exactly <laughs> the same when that '70s show came out when we were younger. True. Like it's the same amount of True. time. So I think kids have a different relationship with the '90s than we do. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, Apple TV Plus have greenlit Brett Goldstein and Bill Lawrence series Shrinking. Will star Jason Segal or Siegel. Jason Siegel follows a grieving therapist played by Siegel who starts to break the rules and tell his clients exactly what he thinks. Ignoring his training and ethics, he finds himself making huge tumultuous changes to people's lives, including his own. I found this interesting considering who was making it. Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent, the best character on TV currently, and Bill Lawrence, who mm-hmm. is the showrunner for Ted, uh, Ted Lasso. And also just because it's focusing on therapy, which is a big focus of Ted Lasso series two, and that that's turning that into another sort of comedy series, it sounds like, for Apple TV+. Plus. Does that interest you? Um, A little bit. I don't know. I'll have to see a trailer to totally get the tone of what they're going mm. for, I suppose. Are you a Jason Siegel fan at all? I mean, I don't dislike him. Am I a fan? Probably not, but he doesn't sure. put me off. So, Fair I guess enough. that's a win. <laughs> I think knowing, like, Brett Goldstein has earned my attention at this point. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's doing anything, I'm going to probably pay attention to, especially if he's writing for it. Yeah. Uh, I also missed the announcement. This is back from July of The After Party. Have you heard about The After Party? It's a TV series coming to Apple TV+. Plus. No. It's a murder mystery show created and directed by Chris Miller and showrun by Philip Lord, a.k.a. Lord and Miller, who made uh, 21 Jump Street 1 and 2, The Lego Movie, and... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Cool. It's going to be starring Tiffany Haddish, uh, Alana Glazer, I think that's her name, from Broad City, Sam Richardson, Ben Schwartz, Parks and Rec, uh, John Early from Search Party, and Dave Franco, among others. The official synopsis, the after-party centers on a murder mystery at a high school reunion. Each of the eight episodes features a retelling of the same night told through a different character's perspective, each with its own unique visual style and film genre to match the teller's personality. It'll be premiering on Apple TV Plus in January, plus of January 2022. And the trailer looks like the little teaser for it looks pretty cool. I'm officially excited about this show. I want to check it out when it comes out. I don't know if that interests you. It does, actually. I mean, I like all those people. So, sure, I will check it out. There's some very cool talent involved with that one. And casting news, um, actually some casting unused to begin with, Emilio Estevez will not return as Coach Bombay for season two of Disney Plus series The Mighty Ducks Game Changers as he will not comply with, with the... 
Uh, oh, sorry. He has declined to provide assurances that he would comply with vaccine mandates. Sounds like the perfect excuse to sub in Joshua Jackson, if you ask me. <gasps> yes. I mean, I'd probably watch it if Joshua Jackson was in it. My, I don't my believe he showed up in season one. Mm. But yes, he it's an it's throw the money at him, Disney Plus. Or make me watch. Uh Kim Cattrall, Cattrall, Kim Cattrall has joined Hulu series How I Met Your Father as the future slash older version of Hilary Duff's character. Presumably this will be a lot like Bob Saget's role as future Ted in How I Met Your Mother, where Cattrall Cattrall will be a voiceover telling the stories of her younger self. How do you feel about that casting? Oh, into it. I'm I'm Happy for Kim Cattrall to be doing things other than Sex in the City. I'm I'm mm-hmm. totally Team Cattrall. Um, so I, yeah. <laughs> so now I've got Kim Cattrall and Hilary Duff. And Hilary Duff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Uh, Lost and Hawaii Five O star Daniel Day Kim has signed on as Fire Lord Ozai in Netflix live mm. action Avatar: The Last Airbender series. How do you feel about that casting? He's so handsome. Very. He's such a beautiful man. Um, sure. I mean, I'm st- I'm still so scared of this series now that the creators aren't a part of it. Um, yep. Yeah, it's concerning. But I I really like him. I think he's beautiful and very talented. It's good casting. I think there's no mm. doubt about that. Um, it's interesting if it's anything like the original animated series. Um, he we won't really see his face for the first mm. two seasons. But I imagine they might just beef up his role a little bit for that. When you cast someone like Daniel Day Kim, why wouldn't you? But at the same time, as much as I like this casting, I also am caring less and less about this live action show. I think yeah. I told you a, a few months back, I was listening to that podcast, Braving the Elements, with um, Janet Varney and Dante Basco hosting, and they're sort of going through episodes of I can't the last believe I forgot to listen one. to that. Oh my God, I'm right. such an well, idiot. Well, actually, I'd recommend jumping into it because it's, it's starting to find its rhythm a bit better, and the guests mm. have been really good lately. And I, I was driving Janet back. Barney. Yeah, I was driving back uh, today and I was listening back to an episode that's a couple of weeks old now where they got um, Jeremy Zuckerman, who's the composer of all the music for Avatar <gasps> and for Cora yeah. on, who I, I think his work is incredible. I'm yeah. listening to that and then very, very gently, like making us aware that they're, you know, we know that Avatar Studios is doing a thing, but mm-hmm. gently they obviously know a bit more about what's going on and just even hinting about the quality that, like, just some things were said that was like, fuck the live action series. <laughs> I just need to know whatever Avatar Studios is making. And it got me really yeah. excited for a second to remember that there's stuff coming. Yeah, um, yeah it's cool. cool. Uh, in the, the, the Sorry, the next four stories are going to be about returning actors slash characters um, for existing TV shows, okay? Or existing franchises anyway. So starting with Jennifer Coolidge will reprise her role as Tanya in HBO's The White Lotus Series 2. Big tick from yeah, me. Yeah, great. I wanted to see White her Lotus. again, so yeah. Absolutely. Very excited about that. Next, Cowboy Bebop's original Japanese voice cast, and that's the entire main cast are returning to dub the live action adaptation for Netflix. So we still don't know how good that show's going to be, but it's pretty cool they're able to get the original Japanese voice cast of the anime to do the dubbing in Japan for the, oh, I see the what you're saying. live action Oh, series. that's cool. I like that. That is very cool. Uh, that mm-hmm. plus they got the original composer of the anime to do the, co- the music for the new show as well. Mm. I don't know. Some of those things make me think this is going to... 
Maybe there's something going on here. Yeah, uh, I mean, the fact that they're all excited enough to be like, yeah, sure, I'll, mm. I would love to participate in this. Yeah, it it seems like it might be okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. Meanwhile, Hayden Christensen, ha- Christensen, yes, that's right, has already attached, uh, has, sorry, been attached to propriety the role of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader in the upcoming Disney Plus Obi-Wan series but now has also been confirmed to feature in the Ahsoka series, which mm. is pretty cool because yeah. he his relationship, obviously, with Obi-Wan was that he was Obi-Wan's apprentice and mm-hmm. vice versa. He was the, you know, Ahsoka was his apprentice. I like that they're finding something cool to do with that character because it's obviously very important. Ah, it's cool for him, who, you know, I, I think agree. those movies suck. Ho- but yeah. Hopefully he has the writing will give him a bit more to work with in terms of layers yeah. to the character than he got in the films. I don't think, you know, he's an amazing actor, but what he was given in those films was fucking atrocious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I hope that turns out well for him. Well, he's, I remember at the time that those the prequels of Star Wars were coming out that mm. there was another movie he was in, something about a house, I can't remember what it was. Yes, yeah, it was Kevin Klein. Yeah, and he was like his performance was really lauded at the time. It was apparently very good, and so it never made sense to me that he seemed to be the most wooden actor in history that they cast for Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars. Mm. And so maybe it just comes down to terrible writing and direction in the prequels. And when given something better, he'll be great. I don't know. I want to see if there's more to it than that. And um, mm. also, don't think he's really done much acting in the last like decade no. or so. It's been a long Who can time. Blame so him, interesting really. Too. Yeah, true. And finally, in this news of people returning to things, Kiernan Shipka, uh, her Sabrina Spellman of the now-cancelled Chilling Adventures of Sabrina series, will be making her way to Riverdale's upcoming sixth season, will apparently be teaming up with Cheryl Blossom. I don't know if that uh, piques your interest at all, Damask? Not really? It's okay. dark, dark days at the moment. I, I watched a great, I can't remember what it is now, but I watched a great video essay on YouTube, and it was someone like, really going in depth and analyzing Riverdale and just what um oh the ways in which the creator just cuz he owns pretty much all the properties so like Sabrina mm-hmm. and Riverdale and all that stuff um is just dest- destroying them um because he has this very singular focus on like making it hypersexual and stuff and devoid of any kind of narrative value it was really good it was um it went in and it was very enjoyable um so i feel bad for everyone involved you say they're destroying their properties Mm. but i don't know is riverdale relatively relatively successful it's got fifth season or whatever it is now it's obviously doing quite well or sixth season i think It's it's more in terms of you know archie such a sure. sorry, Pearl is growling in the background. I apologize. Um, but you know, the character of Archie was such a beloved and really protected um, IP. And since this guy's kind of taken over control, has I mean, now Archie is like a joke, which I think is probably mm. a bit sad. So, not in terms of like popularity, I mean, in terms of like, I sure. guess, yeah, it's it's position in like pop culture and yeah. It's like yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I don't want to speak on behalf of anyone who was a fan of those series. For me, Archie for the longest time, knowing or hearing about Archie, I think about that one scene where they throw Homer out of a car in The Simpsons, <laughs> trying to stay out of Riverdale. Yeah. But also, 
it was kind of, I remember Archie just being the guy who had Betty and Veronica fighting over him. And that, that was it. That was it. Mm. It was like mm-hmm. he just had the blonde and the brunette who were fighting over him. And that was everything I could possibly know. And if someone said, Archie, what are you talking about? It was the redhead with the blonde and the brunette. And like, I guess at least now I have some better sense of the identity of the show beyond that. I don't know. It's interesting. But I don't think what you know of Riverdale in any way reflects what Archie comics were. No, I no. So you but in still terms don't of like know anything cult, about it. But its cultural cachet was literally mm. just that for me in a big way. Mm. And I got to believe that was the case for a lot of people, um, mm. at least of our age range and definitely yeah. people younger. And now they think um, of it as a, a terrible show. Cool. That that has six <laughs> seasons, though. I don't know. That's success on some level. Uh, in course, release date but- news... Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Release date news. Uh, part two of Pen 15's second season will arrive oh. on Hulu on December 3rd, coming up mm. very, very soon. So mm. I'm looking forward to. Tell you what, Brad. Tell you what. <laughs> I'm fucking pumped for it. It's such a good show. And for those who are stupid enough not to have watched it yet, please watch Pen 15. It's so fucking good. Easy watch, too, if you want to catch up. Uh, yeah. In time for December 3rd, you'll be fine. Disney Plus's The Book of Boba Fett, the spin-off series of The Mandalorian, now has an official release date of December 29th. Rude, to put it in that break between Christmas and New Year. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> the date was announced alongside its first official trailer, which you can find online. Have you seen that, Damask? No, I haven't. Okay. I should. Um, but You should check it out. Yeah, I, def- I definitely will. Um, I mean, and I'll you're going to watch give- the series, I assume. Yes, I'll definitely give all these new kind of Star Wars series a go. I'm not mm. necessarily convinced that I'll enjoy the majority of them, but I'll definitely mm. give it a crack. Speaking of trailers, a short unsettling teaser for Donald Glover's series uh, Atlanta's third season featuring Paperboy dropped this last week. Still has just a 2022 release date. Not sure when in that year it coming out. We knew that season three and four were written and shot at the same time. But a new detail I learned while researching this is that one of those seasons will be set in Europe, uh, which is interesting. Um, so there you go. Uh, you can find that teaser online as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's very short. It's more a uh, tone piece than anything else. Um, but I'm looking forward to that in a big, big way. Loving that show. The Crown Season 5 has confirmed an air date of November 2022 on Netflix, a full year from now. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I know it's a long, long time away, but again, everything's been affected by COVID, obviously. In cancellation news, there's just one big story here. FX series and decade-long pipe dream for this particular podcast host, Why the Last <laughs> Man, has been cancelled. I have its Season 1 finale, Life is Pain. Showrunner Eliza Clark is determined to get Y picked up by another network or streaming service, but who could possibly be willing to spare any more hope on that happening? <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. I'm so sorry, Brad. We're still reviewing it next week. We I've are. only watched the first yes. couple of episodes so far. I've still. finished it. I've completed it. I did it last night because I thought we were talking about it today. <laughs> so I'm done. I'm ready to go. Um, and we'll probably actually do another Twitch stream of that review as well next week if we can organize yeah. that in time. I actually started rereading the first few issues um, of the graphic novel just to sort of remember what it was like. And it's funny, it did come out in 2000 and 2003, those original ones, and some stuff immediately has dated, uh, mm. would not be included. And I know from the episodes I've seen, was not included in um, the new show for the better. Um, mm. But still, yeah, I'm fascinated to get back into it and see how much the show and the 
the graphic novel lineup. In renewal news, Apple TV Plus has renewed the Isaac Asimov novel adaptation sci-fi series Foundation for a second season. I've not watched any of it, I but I've seen the trailer. I haven't heard of that at all. Well, every time I was watching Ted Lasso, it started with a trailer for Foundation, pretty oh, much. So I know okay. of it that way. Um, it's got uh, the guy that played Queen Elizabeth's dad in the first season of The Crown. In oh, it. Yep. That's, yep, 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 yep. Yep, that guy, he's mm-hmm. in it. He's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. They also re- yeah, they also renewed Mythic Quest for a further two seasons, taking the show through to at least season four. This is the show that's set, it's a comedy series set inside a video game studio um, that I have only watched the first season, a couple of specials of so far, but I liked mm. and need to get to season two. The announcement yeah, was made with a cute little video featuring um, Rob McClaney. McClaney, is that how you say his name? Um, the star and creator. Sir Anthony Hopkins and Jason Sudeikis that you can find online as well. <gasps> That's quite cute little announcement. Cool. Uh, Netflix has given the green light for a fourth season of You. Have you watched You? Again, a show that's been advertised out I thought a lot, its Netflix. fourth season has just come out. That was the third season, I believe. You sure? Could be wrong. Either way, they're getting it's getting another season. Okay, it's getting another season. Uh, I watched the first season. And I was like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't watch the second. Well, if you hated it, I hope you didn't keep going. <laughs> um, but then, like, I don't know. I've seen hints of where the story has gone, and that slightly interests me a little bit. Mm. So I kind of wanna just jump in on this later season that's just come out. But who I've knows? I had some clients tell me I should watch it. They seem to like it. But, you know, what did the general public know? HBO Max's <laughs> DC series Doom Patrol is also getting a fourth season. And in utterly shocking news, HBO series, you probably never heard of it before, Succession has officially been given a green light for its fourth season. At the time of the announcement, uh, season three has aired its first three episodes, or two episodes at the time, um, mm-hmm. with its strongest audience numbers to date, as in, Season on season, it's been getting stronger viewing numbers, which is something that doesn't mm. actually happen that often, and it's pretty big, yeah. pretty big news. Um, yeah, excited about cool. that. Makes sense. Made yeah, no absolutely. There, however, in related news, Succession star Brian Cox believes the show will end after its fourth or possibly fifth season. "Quote: I would say possibly two more series, and then." I think we're done. It depends on what the writers feel. I know they've got an end game. They haven't told us what that ending is, but there is an end game. So it's just how they get up to that end game, whether mm. it takes one series or two. He added, I think it's going to be hard to let go of it this early. I think it needs a couple more series before it really comes to a culmination. That's my feeling because its iconic nature is just hitting. I think people are going to want two more series, but that may, but there may only be one. Um, Showrunner and creator Jesse Armstrong mm. seemed to agree with Cox on its impending ending, stating it's an, in an interview with the New Statesman that there's going to be a very definitive moment when the story is over. It can't mm. go on too long. How do you feel about that news? Yeah, that feels right to me. In you know, even how Brian Cox was explaining it, you know, people are really jumping on it at the moment, mm-hmm. having two or three more years of people like watching it every year it comes out and talking about it. But then this is not a story that can be sustained for 10 seasons. Like it's clear, we're clearly going somewhere. Um, Yeah. And you'd hate for them to drag it out too long, but I also know these writers won't rush to get anywhere. Um, They'll, they'll take their time and make it worth our while. So yeah, I feel like that makes sense to me. It feels right. I agree. I just agree. I believe generally that less is more. It's like mm-hmm. if you know the story has a natural ending, 
don't try and push it out any further or or drag it out because you don't want to get to that ending because you just want to get more seasons for the sake of, you know, making more money. Yeah. Which, you know. But I think HBO is generally good at that, is if if they're told, no, this is all there's going to be, they're usually pretty good with that, I think. So that's good news. Uh, less of news and more of an interesting tidbit, though. Jay Smith Cameron's character of Jerry in Succession was originally written for a man. She revealed in a recent interview mm. for Bustle that the actress sent in an audition tape anyway and obviously got the role. So there you go. Nice. Um, a set leaked video on TikTok from Westworld Season 4 shows Tessa Thompson performing in some sort of highly choreographed musical number involving heaps of extras, so Westworld might have a musical episode or and definitely at least a musical sequence. Does that interest you enough to watch Season 4? <laughs> um, no, and I love Tessa Thompson, <laughs> but does that little TikTok video make me go, that's worth another 11 hours of my life on this fucking disaster of a show? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Um, speaking of filming, Good Omen Season 2 has officially starred rolling cameras. So that's pretty cool. There was another story. I kind of want your vibe on it before I go into it because there's a lot to discuss here potentially. Ruby Rose has taken to Instagram to share a sleuth of series accusations, serious accusations, sorry, of dangerous work conditions and intimidation on the set of CW's Batwoman. Do you care enough to talk about that or not? We can talk about it. Sure. <laughs> Okay, you may remember she left the show after one season. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do this is to just go through an article from Gabriel Sanchez at the AV Club. So I've got the relevant quotes here. It's a little bit, so please bear with me. In a series of posts, Rose alleged that she both witnessed and suffered gruesome injuries while on the set and endured numerous forms of intimidation <laughs> from Warner Brothers TV executive Peter Roth. She took aim at Roth first, calling him out for allegedly having younger women on the crew steam his pants around his crotch while he was still wearing them. Speaking about her own injuries as Batwoman, Rose explained that she underwent emergency surgery for two herniated discs, which doctors, with doctors telling her she could have been paralyzed. The actor said she was required to return to work 10 days after her surgery, with Roth telling her the crew would lose their jobs, but it would cost the studio millions if she didn't promptly return. She also alleged Roth hired a private investigator to tail her after she left the show. Another injury Rose discussed in her post involved a crew member who allegedly received third-degree burns while on the job. She said everyone on set watched his skin fall off and there was no therapy services offered to the crew afterwards. She alleged that moments after witnessing the gruesome injury, the cast and crew were asked to film a sex scene. In another incident, Rose said a PA was left paralyzed due to an onset injury. Rose alleged the crew member was blamed for the incident and the CW opened investigation on her. Rose blamed the unsafe work conditions on a rush timeline as the showrunner Caroline Dries allegedly refused to shut down production during the height of the pandemic, despite fellow CW projects doing so. Additionally, Rose called Dries a woman who has no heart and alleged that Dries only visited the set four times while filming or over filming. Rose also lambasted fellow actor Doug Ray Scott, who played Jacob Kane, calling him an abuser and alleged he injured a stunt woman on set. Um, it goes on, basically. I've got three paragraphs here. Essentially, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers responded to the various scathing allegations. Um, we're saying that uh, despite the revisionist history that Ruby Rose is now sharing online and with the producers, the cast and crew, the network and the studio, truth is that Warner Brothers Television has decided not to exercise its 
option to engage Ruby for season two of Batwoman based on multiple complaints about workplace behavior that were extensively reviewed and handed, handled privately out of respect for all concerns. So they're saying they fired her rather than her leaving the show, which she's mm-hmm. actually said is the case, but that's based on apparently them not liking her behavior on set. Mm. Um, so a lot going on there, obviously. Uh I know you weren't a fan of the show. I know you're not necessarily a fan of Ruby Rose mm-hmm. uh, as an actor anyway. How do you feel about all of that? Uh, well, it sounds pretty awful, doesn't it? it sounds pretty, pretty bad. It um, does. It, it sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds truly terrible. Yeah. And I don't. what I don't know is whether many people have come out to back Verify? up her claims. Well, yeah, that's- Which is interesting that's too. That's the thing. Um, particularly if people are getting paralyzed and- you know, their skin falling off and stuff. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe those people are scared to lose their job, though, if you've been paralyzed. like, um, Or maybe there's like NDAs that have been signed. I don't fucking know. Nothing surprises me anymore. I think it's it's very possible and probably highly likely that this stuff occurred um, to some degree occurred and it wasn't a safe working environment. But I also know people who work who have worked with Ruby Rose previously, and she is from just anecdotally very unprofessional. So I think both right. things can be true. Um, sure. Yes. So, but yeah, I I don't want to doubt her story at all. I'll I'll as far as I know, I wasn't there. I'm going to assume she's telling the truth. It is also interesting, I think, in light of this happening, not at the same time, but after the stuff that came out around the Justice League film. Mm. involving behaviour not just of Joss Whedon but of the producers of that and WB yeah. in general. Um, yeah, it's there seems to be a pattern here to some degree, mm. uh, which is interesting also. Uh, yeah, I definitely thought that was just something worth bringing up and discussing because, weirdly, I hadn't seen it getting around too much. There's some pretty serious allegations, I thought. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe it's just because it's a show that no one really cares about no that cares much. About, yeah. That it sort of just gets buried. Um, but anyway, thought that was interesting to bring up. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Damask, what have you been watching? Oh, so many things, Brod. No, I actually haven't been watching that much stuff. But I will tell you today, Mm -hmm. very hungover on the couch... Um, drinking an iced coffee with Angela being like, oh, God, what can we watch? And immediately we turn on Netflix and this huge promo comes up for Arcane League of Legends, I believe it's called, which is a new animated series based on a video game. 
based on League of Legends the video game. Okay. Yep. Um, and I was like, oh, that art style looks cool. Um, and it looks like a pretty cool world. Bit of fantasy, bit of, um, what, cyberpunk stuff. Sure. All right. Steampunk and stuff. Hand, is it hand-drawn or is it 3D animated? Both. Ooh, interesting. Both. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's got a bit of um, Into the Spider-Verse vibes a little bit. Now we're talking. It be- mm-hmm. It's really beautifully drawn or painted. I don't, I don't understand those things, but it looks fucking good. Anyway, so clicked on that. I believe the first three episodes are available on Netflix now. We watched the first two episodes and Angela rudely had to go to band practice. Um, and I was very <laughs> angry because I wanted to keep watching. It's really good, guys. Um, it's one, like, as I was saying, it looks so beautiful. Like, and, and the just the world design is gorgeous. Um, like, you just want to step into that world and just experience it. The direction is really fucking good. There's lots of action sequences. Um, the voice acting is fantastic as well. So, it, yeah, it takes place in kind of this fantasy meets cyberpunk meets steampunk world um so far we've got kind of a group of street urchin children um living in this underworld society thing um there's lots of intrigue i don't want to give too much away not that i know much at this stage only having watched two episodes but i really recommend people watch it and i think you i think you'll at least appreciate the art style broad and the animation No, you're selling it to me. The it's interesting. Also, you said the first three episodes are out. So, what are Netflix releasing this like week by week? I don't That's know, my friend. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know the three episodes are out at the moment. Um, oh, it'd, it'd annoy me if it was week to week because I just want to binge watch <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, it was right right up my alley because I know the that critical role animated thing is coming mm-hmm. out soon. I'm really looking forward to that. But I feel like this will kind think of February next year. I think it comes yeah. Out. I think this will be a nice kind of, I don't know, I just totally, I was vibing with it today. I was like, I kind of feel like that kind of fantasy story, fully immersive mm. world, something totally different. And it, oh, it gave it to me. And it was fabulous. Cool. Sounds yes. good. So that was Arcane Le- League of Legends. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm sure for everyone at home, it'll come up in your like banner promo thing immediately. Um, yeah. So check it out. Another thing I've been watching, because I haven't actually been watching that much TV. Um, but I have been watching Critical Role's third campaign. Um, yes. So I actually bought a subscription to their Twitch, which I yeah ah. didn't think I would do, just so I could watch it earlier, um, which is great. It's really good. It's really, really good. I've only watched parts of their previous campaigns because, you know, you, there's so many episodes, you start them and then I'll forget and then I'll be fall behind and I just totally drop off. But- How long does an episode go for generally? Three to four hours? Yeah. <laughs> Which That's I know a big for, part of it too. I mean, you fall yeah. behind by three weeks and you're 12 hours behind. Yes. And I think for people yeah. who don't play D&D, that doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I've really been enjoying, you know, putting aside like an hour here, an hour there um, during like a day or two days or whatever and just... I mean, they're fucking good at what they do. They're such great totally. performers and it's a fully immersive story. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to following along for campaign three this time. Yeah, it's it's cool. been good. Mm, would recommend. You don't, And obviously, for those that don't know, I, I subscribe on Twitch, but you can just watch it on YouTube. 
every episode of Critical Role um, is uploaded on YouTube eventually. So, yeah. Is there a podcast version? I feel like this is a show. There is as well. I'm going to yes. catch up. I'm going to have to just do the audio, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I'm going to get to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, because the things I tend to watch that are like that, they yeah. are long form. Like There are Twitch streams that I watch, but they are like almost entirely background noise. It has to be something mm. that... If I'm watching it closely, I'm enjoying it, but I can just as easily completely phase out and not feel like I've missed anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, this, yeah, I've, I'm really enjoying this campaign. I think it was in the first episode. There was, I, I don't know his name, but he's kind of like the smaller gentleman with a like dark hair. Um, yep. Anyway, I don't know the name whatever either, his, but I know who his, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has a, a great character. Um and he's kind of like sets up this joke, but you don't know it's a setup. He just mentions some, a bit of a backstory, which then leads to an amazing joke later that I was pissing myself laughing. Matt Mercer was crying um, and couldn't continue. It was, it's just really, it's quality fucking stuff um, and very silly and very fun. Also, the character of Fern is fucking incredible. So funny. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. And it's just. Pitch perfect, and I can't believe. Sometimes Turns I just the fawn character. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just can't believe what I'm seeing sometimes because it's so clever and just they're oh, all cool. so quick witted. Yeah, no, definitely recommend that. Does it give you any like imposter syndrome or anything about our D and D campaigns that we're doing, or does it make you feel a little bit inferior? Um, or does it, it inspire make, you? It doesn't make me feel any type of way. It's just <laughs> that like, oh, these people are professionals and like the best sure. at what they do. It's like. I don't know. I'm not going to watch what's an example I can give. I don't know. I'm not going to watch an AFL game and then be like, oh, I don't kick like that because it's that's, oh, we're that's not doing I the same thing. Watch. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. I don't need to compare uh, well, myself to people who I know I'm going to lose to. It's not something I'm going to be doing. <laughs> what else have you been watching? Um, this is another YouTube thing. Uh, it's probably, it's very popular, but I've never heard of it before. And then, I don't know, I saw it on like... Is, an- is it Blippy? I mean, no. kids fucking love that Blippy on YouTube. Okay, right. I've got no idea what the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a joke for the parents out there who are groaning now going, oh, fucking uh, Blippy. Okay. All right. Why do you know about Blippy, weirdo? Because I have, not, my friends are parents, a lot of them uh, now, so, okay. you know, right. they all tell me about it. Anyway, go on. <laughs> he's come, weirdly, he's come up in conversation a lot lately. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's just where people I'm, are at. Yeah. I'm, I might Google it, but I probably won't. All right. So, I've been watching <laughs> um, an interview show called Chicken Shop Date. Have you seen it? Chicken Shop Date. Yeah. Chicken Shop Date. Yeah. No, it reminds me of that hot one. Is it Hot Ones? That's like an interview show yeah. where they do the they gradually hotter spice. like yeah. sauces. Chicken wings yeah. with hot sauce. Yeah. That's um, right. So, it's this female, I don't know, comedian- Actor, I don't know. Um, she kind of plays this awkward, very kind of direct character, and she interviews like lots of rappers and hip hop stars and R and B and soul people and stuff. Though she started branching out now and um, interviewing a wide variety of people, but she just interviews these people in you know chicken shops <laughs> around <laughs> London and UK. Um, and it's very funny. And I don't know any of these rappers. I've got no idea who the fuck they are. But she is very good. Her name's Amelia something. But you can just YouTube chicken shop date and it'll come up. It's very good. She's a, a very funny lady and I highly, highly recommend it. Just to kind of 
waste your time, which is what I've been doing this week, really, just finding little <laughs> things to waste my time on. Um, and finally, this is not something that I've been watching, but I can confirm, what is it, two years after the release date, I have finished Pokemon Shield. Oh, my God. <laughs> just in time for the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes to, to drop mm. on Switch. What but timing? I, you know, after I, you know, I was playing it because I was like, I never finished that, and I wouldn't mind just finishing something because I was listening to, um, how did this get played, which I've been enjoying actually listening to the podcast, mm. um, and I don't know anything about video games, but I enjoy them talking about weird and wacky video games. Mm-hmm. That's quite fun. Um, so I was like, oh, what games do I have? I was like, oh, I've got Pokemon Shield, and I never actually finished that. So I jumped back on and was playing. And I just realized that I don't really like Pokemon games. Um, they're just, I don't know. Like I've, I've finally come to terms with who, what type of gamer I am. And I've always kind of mm. like distanced myself from that term. Cause I, you know, obviously growing up when we did um, around that kind of gaming culture is like, unless you're like a real gamer bro, you're not allowed to use the word gamer. <laughs> Otherwise, you're a fucking fraud, apparently. Um, but I've, no, I've that's, cu- that's changed now. Everyone's a gamer now. Anyone who tries to claim it, yeah. that fucking gatekeeping well, bullshit can go yeah. to hell. Well, that's what I, that's what I've found, and I've I've particularly like listening to this. Um, how did this get played? Thing, and they're just such like open, wonderful people. I was like, oh, you know, what kind of games do I play? Well, I love sandbox games. Like Minecraft is my favorite. I think uh, the mm-hmm. only video game that I just enjoy every second of it and will play it forever for as long as I can play it, I think. I mean, I want to be in the nursing home with like a VR set on just playing Minecraft until I you leave You know that's, this that's the future ahead coil. of us, right? Yes, Is that we're I all do. going to be playing fucking retro video games. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. Eventually Can't just wait. fade into the <laughs> ether. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So, I always thought like there was something wrong with me that I couldn't finish games. Like, you know, after I finished Pokemon sure. Shield, I then moved on to like, oh, maybe now I can finally finish Breath of the Breath of the Wild. I can't. It's too hard. I find it stressful. I don't sure. want a task. Don't give me a task. Um, and I just feel like I think a lot of people would argue in Breath of the Wild, the best parts of the game are the bits when you're not on quest, right? Yes, like agreed. Going to do the Divine Beast and then eventually take on Ganon at Hyrule mm. Castle are the most challenging parts of the game, but nowhere near the best parts of the game. The best mm. parts of the game and why people fell in love with it was the just exploring and mm. maybe doing some shrines and sort of coming yeah. across stuff. And which is which is what I was doing when I jumped back into yeah. it. I was just like doing shrines and just kind of like jumping around and seeing what's what and you know mm-hmm. using my little hang glider thing. Um, but I just as I was playing Breath of the Wild, I was like, fuck! I wish I could just like I don't know buy some land, start farming find a wife, just like see the world, <laughs> maybe like go like join a circus and travel around the entire continent, something like that. I was like, because I fucking love the world. It's so beautiful and so fun to like explore. I just don't want any monsters to exist. Sure. I just want to cruise. I just want to cruise. Um, so, yeah, that's – and, yeah, with anyway, back to Pokemon games. <laughs> um, I just – it's so paint by numbers and, yes, you know, like the way that I do it is I, I just like beef up my team to oblivion mm-hmm. and then I just smash through all the, the gyms and then it's kind of over. Like I'm not a completionist where I'm like going to catch everything and all the special cool 
cool guys hiding out. I can't be that's, bothered that's doing that. That's for nerds like me. Yeah, I, I can't be bothered doing that. The, the stories are never compelling. It's never. just, yeah, it's, yeah, I wish, I mean, I think obviously we really need a Breath of the Wild Pokemon game thingy. Um, you know there's one coming. It's yes, I of, do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Pokemon um, Arceus comes out in January or February? January, I think, of next year, yeah. So I think I'll like check that out. But I, yeah, I've just finally mm-hmm. come to terms with the fact that I really don't like the traditional Pokemon games. There's, we've become a gaming podcast right now. I like this. This we is have. fun. This I'm, is what our topic is for. It's really hypocritical of me because every time you've brought up a video game, like it's not a video game podcast, Brian. <laughs> but that's it's just because I can't contribute to the conversation usually. Sure. That it, what your problems with Pokemon playing the, what is the latest version of Pokemon, right? Mm. Generation 8 or 9 or whatever it is, is exactly what most people feel about. Even the biggest fans of Pokemon Mm. all agree that the formula is pretty stale at this point. They've really not done anything to change the general formula from Mm. Red and Blue back on the Game Boy in the 90s. It has been pretty copy-paste. They add like 100 Pokemon or so every time. And, you know, for the people like me who have got a living Dex, you go and get those Pokemon and... You want to start to date, and I will fucking do that every time. But the, but even when they've tried to like, there's going to be no gym, there's going to be no badges this time. There is like a gym or badge equivalent that's like you just kind of change the name of those things. You didn't yeah. actually change the the general formula of the game. And the funny thing is, as well, I can't understand why they don't because these games sell in the tens of millions of of copies every time they release. Yeah. Why would you fix something that isn't broke? But you also see how much people want something a bit fresh and different from the series because this Pokemon Arceus game that's coming, Legends Arceus, it's coming out next year, looks to sort of be doing that Pokemon Breath of the Wild or probably more Pokemon Monster Hunter based on what we're starting to learn about it. But it is going to feel different. It's going to be a... Th- an open 3D world where you're not going to run into random Pokemon in the in the grass and there's not going to be gyms and it's going to be a very different style of game while still feeling very Pokemon. And I think people really want that. I don't think you're alone in that. Did you play the Game Boy games back in the day? Like, where was your first Pokemon game? Um, We, we did have... Was it red or... It was either red or blue. It wasn't actually on mm. the Game Boy, though. My brothers had, like... A floppy disk with... They were emulating with, it. Cool. Yeah, emulated yep. things. So, we had that, yep. So we, which was just like the basic graphics or whatever. So, that... And that would have been back in like 99, 2000, probably. Yep. Yeah, around yep. then. That was, so, that was sure. the first. And I enjoyed that, but that's because I didn't have, you know, a lot of experience with video games. I mean, we had the 64 and stuff, but I knew that Pokemon was cool. I fucking... It was the height of the cartoon. Um, yeah. So that was that was cool. Well, speaking of games that you do sort of enjoy more than Pokemon, you're talking about um, Minecraft. Mm. You also played Animal Crossing quite a bit when it came out. Animal Crossing I did. New Horizons when it came out on Switch. Yeah. You're aware there's been a massive update that's just that's happened in the last couple of days. Well, what does that mean? What what can I do now? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm going to try from memory to go through the list. You've got mm-hmm. this character named Cap'n who will take you on boat rides to New Islands. Okay. Um, you can now get a cafe in your museum. So there's a guy named Brewster and you can get coffee and like do stuff with that. Cool. You can now do farming. So plant <gasps> vegetables, grow vegetables and wheat and stuff can like you? that. And cooking. And cooking. I knew, oh, I knew it was going to get you excited. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> that's all I need and, to hear. And cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can also you there's like they're increasing storage and stuff like this. There's this new these new things called gyroids that you can find in the mm-hmm. ground. There's a whole bunch of stuff like that they've added. Is there any generally way to? Yes, I'm, sh- I'm sure you would have mentioned it if it, if it was terraforming in terms of like expanding your island because I feel I'm running out of space. Where am I meant to be going? Farming? No, no, you can't you can't expand your island any further. <sighs> However. Mm. There is a new DLC that you can pay for. However, I'm going to show, tell you about the other option to do this in a second. <laughs> called Happy Home Paradise, I believe. You're okay. going to have to watch the trailer for this after uh-huh. the, we finish recording. And basically what it is, is you get a job doing um, interior and exterior decorating for these like holiday homes for guests. So you go to this resort. It's kind of like White Lotus, right? You go to this resort. I'm and they come this. to you in that. And they say, I want a home that has this style. And they'll give you a couple of items and you have to include them. And the rest of it, you can, from the stuff they give available to you, you can design the home. They've added things. You can add lights and shelves that hang from the ceiling. You can add in like the actual wall divider so you can make separate rooms rather than like you just have like these big studio apartment sort of things. Um and then on that island, there's also these other places like a restaurant that from the ground up you build and then once you and a school and once you build them, you can see characters interacting them and using them as a school and a restaurant and all this sort of stuff. So it's not your island, but you get to like do the interior decorating and set up a I school love and a that. restaurant and stuff like this. I'm not so paying he, for it, but I here's love the that. catch. The stuff, the original stuff I talked about like the the farming and growing stuff and cooking and stuff that's free right you can download that now that's there for you the happy home paradise stuff is paid dlc that costs i think something like 40 dollars australian right? oh my god it's essentially a whole new game yeah however mm. it is also included if you get um so do you already have nintendo switch online so you can play online yeah right you can get an expansion to that called the expansion pack and it costs about $50 a year and it comes with that DLC plus mm. access, access to Sega games, I can't remember which system <gasps> Genesis it might be, and really? Nintendo 64 games such as Super <gasps> Mario 64, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, all this sort of stuff. Oh, my so, God. That's very yeah. exciting. Okay. Yes. You can also play those games online multiplayer. So we could play Mario Kart 64 um, or something like that online multiplayer, right? Now, the trick is mm-hmm. that if you get this as a family uh, subscription, mm-hmm. which costs twice as much, so it costs about $110, I think, all up Australian, right? Mm. You can have up to eight people on it. Oh, Currently, Liam and I are on it. And we're looking for six new family members. So we can split that cost between us if you'd like to join us. Fuck yeah, I would. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you might want to. We've got a few other people who are going to join us at some stage as well. Yeah, because I grew up um, on the Sega, was it Master System? Yeah, let me just check which one it is because it's different in Australia. I think one of the consoles was called something different in Australia as well. Yeah. Do you remember what your favorite games were? So we had Sonic. Um, Which one? I think it was the first one. And then we loved Double Dragon, I remember. That was fucking sick. So we had a really old console. I think it came out in like 1986. Yep. So it's the Master System 2, I think is what it was. The the one that's like I- a rect like a really sharp rectangle. 
Okay. The so it's the Sega Genesis, and on it it has Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hard Corps or Hardcore. <laughs> That's funny. Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, Fancy Star Online Four, Rinstar, Shining Force, Sonic the Hedgehog Two, Streets okay. of Rage Two, Shinobi Three, and Strider. And there'll be more down the line. Right. You imagine. I only as know well. Sonic, obviously, because yeah, you I said. Oh, you said Double Dragon, not Streets of Rage. Yep, gotcha. Yep. Streets of Rage is a, is a beat-em-up like Double Dragon. Yeah, okay. Did you ever watch mm. the Double Dragon film? No, I did not. Is it any oh, good? my God. It's so bad. It's fantastic. It's got, <laughs> um, what is the name? Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son. Yes, yeah. And was it Matthew Fox from Party of Five? Anyway, they, they're uh, the brothers in it, um, and it's Fucking amazing! It's it's very much in the vein of like the Super Mario Bros. film, like it's so terrible. Uh, it's fantastic, so I recommend everyone um, watch Double Dragon. Just out of interest, the N sixty four games that are coming, I want to see what you think about these. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart, uh, sorry, Super Mario sixty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, thank you. I do a great website. Super Mario sixty four, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart sixty four, Star Fox, Star Fox sixty four, <laughs> Star Fox. <laughs> that was called uh, Light Out Wars in Australia. Sin and Punishment, Dr. Mario 64, Mario Tennis 64, and Win Back and Yoshi's Story are so far. They're already on there. Banjo-Kazooie's mm-hmm. company, coming, Pokemon cool. Snap, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, and F-Zero-X are all coming as well. And there's a rumor that GoldenEye is coming because GoldenEye just got re-rated in Germany for the first time in over 20 years. I mean, it can uh... be sold in Germany again, which has been which has been stopping it from being released. Nintendo really were pushing for it for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the guess is it's because they want to put it on this. Oh, online. you know what so, I would love? Like, I, you know, all of those sound fabulous. But did you ever play um, 1080 snowboarding? Yes, I yes. I fucking 1080 love 1080 great. snowboarding. <laughs> and then there was like the, was it Wave Rider or something? Like the Jet Ski Wave one? Race. Wave, Wave Race 64. Race. That was like a launch title too. I'd I love to see that back again. Love and Pilot Wave 64. I had that one. Oh, oh, like any kind of those like racing games would be amazing. I would put money on Wave Race coming. I hope um, so. For sure. I don't know about 1080, but I do think that's a Nintendo-owned property, so it could come. Mm. Could, yeah. Oh, that'd be you good. Know, that, and if they can put Mario Party 1 on there or something like that, that'd be great mm. too. They've oh just released God. Mario Party. They just released Mario Party Superstars, which is sort of a... It's got five boards from the original three games on the N64 and like a mixture of games over the course of the 10 mm. games over multiple systems and stuff do like that. Do you have that got. Mario Party? The new one I do, yes. Mm, ben does as well. <gasps> yeah, if you want to oh. get it, you've got people to play with. I'll put it that way. Okay, that's, I might get that actually. Yes. I really shouldn't be spending my money, but why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Um, uh, yeah, that was a fun game talk. We never talked games. Was. That was. fun. <laughs> All right, that's the game corner. Uh, Bye. <laughs> I'm going to remember that in the future so I can yeah, bring no, it up again. Yeah, you can't shut me down. Actually, I mean, yeah. do you remember, this is a secret that no one knows about, but listeners getting an insight. Do you remember we, for a while there, were going to do Hunting Game, which is where we yeah, were Yeah, we had like 100 through- hours of footage and then my hard drive <laughs> fucked up and I'm just like, all right, well, that's over. The dream's dead. And it was us doing sort of like a Game Grump style, like 10-minute to 20-minute videos of you playing through mm. Ocarina of Time for the first time and me sort of Because I always like said I never finished video it. games and I wanted you to help me finish a video game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We could do that again now, especially yeah, with the uh, Switch. We could do it on Twitch even. Mm. This is true. Mm. <laughs> Ideas. Uh, have, you been wa- have you been watching or playing anything else? No, that's it for me. 
Okay. Uh, what have I been watching? Succession season three has started. The first three episodes are out. Mm-hmm. This is the first time watching week by week after we caught up at the start of the year. And we'll review this season once it's all released in a few weeks before 2021 wraps up. My initial thoughts are it's more Succession. I'll and leave it's it at good. that. Yeah. It's good so far. Mm-hmm. I'm... Uh, I actually thought episode three was dragging a little bit. And then sort of by the time the episode ended, I was like, no, okay, that was a really good episode too. Yeah. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race UK season three. Um, getting towards the end now. They're down to like the final five or so. Actually, it might be final four now because I watched the latest episode last night. Um, and the biggest problem was trying to find a clear favorite. Mm, like mm-hmm. there hasn't been a super standout or even a couple of super standouts. There's... I guess there's a couple that are obviously more like well-rounded or obviously better than other queens, but no one that's made me go fucking love them, fucking love them, you know, yeah. really hope they win sort of vibes. There mm. was, I found a least favorite very easily. They finally found someone to really dislike. <laughs> okay. Probably my least favorite queen since Scaredy Cat, I think was in season one or season, might have been season two um, of Drag Race UK. But yeah, it's not mm. a bad season, but it's, Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is like, because I I usually jump in at the beginning of a RuPaul season and then I, you know, can't keep up and I drop off. But then I see so much chatter on the the interwebs that I jump back on Mm -hmm. again. I haven't seen a whisper of talk about Drag Race UK at all. So I just keep forgetting that it exists. They had, they did their Snatch Game a couple of weeks back and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing special. Although, the, actually, that being said, la- this week's episode was probably the strongest episode so far. But when you're getting down to your last five queens, you fucking hope that yeah. the, the quality is is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taskmaster season twelve. I just finished watching episode seven of that, so there's three remaining. This is just really this is just my monthly reminder to all the listeners out there that it is pure joy. Mm. Uh, it's waiting out there for you to for it to be consumed by you. Please go see it. Yeah, um, I've really, been watching love- season eleven on binge, which is how are you nice. finding season eleven? I mean, I'm enjoying it in the way that I enjoy Taskmaster. Um, totally. Do I have a favorite at the moment? Mm, no, I'm. It's fine. Try remember last year's cast. That was um, what's his name from? Um, Will I lie to you? And mm-hmm. and there's an Australian woman. Um, oh yes! Wow, I don't know any I'm of their really names. names. I don't know any <laughs> of their names. I know their faces. <laughs> That's about it. Sure. Oh, but the, the girl from um Feel Good, who I've got such a fucking crush on. Oh, I'm just like genuinely in love with her. She's so beautiful and gorgeous and wonderful and funny, and I just think she is just incredible. <laughs> like, we're How genuine- far into the season are you? Not for like four episodes or something. Okay. Is Greg making fun of her for being like a kid's TV presenter yet? <laughs> no, but I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Because of a bit. Um, I, I was going to say, I really like this whole cast. I'll probably forget all their names by the end of the, by next year apparently, because I can't remember anyone's names from last season already. Mm. But everyone's great. Morgana and Gaz remain my favorites, but Alan, Desiree, and especially Victoria are a delight as well. Like, it's a really strong cast all the way through. Mm. Even my favorite season had one cast member that was like, I got no time for them. Um, but th- I think they're all strong this season. Really, really good. Yeah. I also saw The Many Saints of Newark. This is the Sopranos prequel movie that we've mentioned a few times now. It's now out in cinemas in Australia. 
It is very The Sopranos. Mm. <laughs> it is cool at times. It is rather bland at other times. It is super fan servicey at mm. some points. Yeah. And just really weird at others. I don't... Some of the choices that are made... I don't... I, I, whether this show kind of wants to be supernatural at times, I wish it oh. would lean into it more or not. I don't know. I My big takeaway is I think the film is fine. I don't feel like I've learned anything particularly interesting. I think maybe the stuff with Tony, it's fun to see him when he's young and maybe get a, a feeling of what the the butterfly flapping its wings event was that started him down the path towards becoming the mob boss that we know Tony Soprano as in The Sopranos, right? Mm. But overall, I've, I'm going to put this out there. I think David Chase is massively overpraised as a, as a writer and creator. I think he has been... He now has this, or at least with some critics, as being some sort of genius. And yeah. I just don't see it. And I think the big reason I don't see it is because what else has David Chase done outside The Sopranos that anyone gives a shit about? Like, what is it? What, what else has he done? I certainly don't know of anything else. Don't look done. at me. I don't know, Brod. I don't know. <laughs> and I just, I, 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 he has obviously got his fans and people will be devoted to him forever. And I get that. I've got that with certain creators as well. There are people that will always interest me. But I also believe that most of those creators have done more than one thing or one series. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I just I just don't get the praise in him. Lastly, uh, not last night on Friday night, I went to the movies and saw <gasps> Marvel's Eternals. Mm-hmm. It's the first film I've seen in cinemas since seeing Mortal Kombat, the reboot of that series earlier <laughs> in the year, the very start of the year. Uh, this is the late. This is the. Was it the second or third film? Fourth film, technically, actually, might be in Phase 4 of, of Marvel. This is the post-Avengers uh, Endgame. This is after Spider-Man um, No Way Home. No, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Black Widow, which you and I watched on Disney+. Plus. Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. which we've not watched yet, but we're going to see it next week we are. sometime or pretty soon when it's on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. And then Marvel's Eternals is the fourth one. Uh, directed by Chloe Zhao. Um, I liked it. It's funny because I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, I actually went home and I did like a quick little like online quiz to try and just ver- without thinking about too much, figure out what my general ranking of the Marvel films are. Mm. There's like this this website that does this thing where it makes you go, which would you rather watch right now? And we'll present two Marvel films and you just keep answering that question over and over again, clicking on left or right basically until it gives you a list. Mm. And I looked at that list and it was relatively accurate. I probably would have tinkered with it a little bit, but I was like, okay, where would I put Eternals? And it's like probably mid-tier, like below mm-hmm. back Black Panther, but above like probably all the Iron Man films, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. Um, it it takes a while to get going because mm-hmm. it's got a lot to sort of set up. These yep. characters, I don't want to spoil too much. Please literally- don't, not even close to anything. I don't want to hear it. Okay, what do you know about Eternals? Um, what the trailer tells me. So I feel like you're—that's all you're about to say. But I just wanted to. Okay, yes. Yeah. Put it this way: these characters that we're following are thousands of years old, mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of it's like in the backstory. Name, isn't it? Right, it is in the name. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And so there's a lot to set up. There's even like a little like 
Star Wars almost little like written scroll bit at the start that to set up the basic elements. Cool. Just to like get you informed, mm. like a fantasy film almost. I don't mind like, that. Like I'm really I don't mind down either. for something that's like a bit more in depth or like world building heavy and it's just a bit different than I don't know. Like that's what like it's I still can't get around watching Ant Man and the Wasp or whatever because I feel like that's paint by See, numbers. That's- but- this is where I think you're going to enjoy the film. It's what yeah. I was thinking about too. It's like, while I have a good time watching something like Ant-Man, mm. it is just like a bit of silly fun. I have a good time. It's not a bad movie, but it's mm. quite forgettable ultimately. Yeah. Right? I know I laughed a bit. It did some fun stuff with the big and the small stuff and we move on. Whereas this one, um, it's got bigger ideas. And I wouldn't say they're necessarily the most original ideas at all times, mm-hmm. but they're bigger ideas and they're they're adding bigger, they're like broadening the world of Marvel in general just by having these characters. Mm. It, it is huge in scope in terms of its general repercussions or general like the, the scope within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It also, the way that it's shot is big in scope. Like Chloe Zhao, she's doing nothing else. She is showing us a version of the MCU that we've not seen before uh, in terms of a cinematography of wide open landscapes and big, just bigness in general, which is mm. like is it, it, the scope on screen is very, very big. The While it starts slow and it's got a lot to get through, there is one character is eventually enters the film probably 45 minutes in, I want to say. And all of a sudden, it's just got a little bit more energy. And you're like, oh, I'm having a good time with this film now. Cool. And then from there, I, I just really enjoyed the rest of the film, I think. Uh, I thought the action was very good overall. Um, there's particularly one sequence in a forest that um, felt a little bit different to any other Marvel film I'd seen in terms of how... I know it just felt a little bit more visceral in some ways. I was quite impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I recommend it. I kind of want to watch it again. I don't know if I'm going to rush out to the cinemas to see it again, but I'm definitely looking forward to watching it again. And I'm looking forward to, to more of this. I also think it's a film that, like, because it's a lot of setup, I think a sequel could be really good to, like, build on top of what we get from this first film. Um, and please stick around. Obviously, Marvel films have end credit sequences. There are two for this film. There's a mid-credit mm-hmm. sequence and a final end credit sequence that had, I won't say anything else, except some parts of our cinema were were absolutely going crazy at the, the one Ooh. after the credits. All right, then. Um, you'll find out why that is once you say it. Um, the other thing was, it was my first cinema experience in a long time, and it was both... Um, Reminder of what's great about going to the cinemas and why I haven't missed going to the cinemas that much. How many people were on their phone? Fuck me. A few. Um, <laughs> there was a couple almost directly in front of me that just kept oh. talking basically at like, they weren't even whispering. They were just talking and giggling and stuff like that. And like my reflex, if I didn't think the film was getting close to the end, I would have dumped my popcorn over their heads. Like I was that mm. fucking pissed off with them. Mm-hmm. Um and that that one of those he was on his phone in that, and there was another person at the front of the cinema on their phone, or these other girls on the other side that were making a lot of noise for fuck knows what reason. It wasn't that big a cinema. There was like thirty people in the cinema. It was pretty small, and mm. fifteen to twenty percent of the cinema was talking all the time. It's like 
go home. We're not in your lounge rooms anymore, guys. You yeah. have to consider other people. And I kept thinking, did these people come in and fake their vax certificates? Because there's no way these people are considered enough to have got vaccinated. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that was my general feelings. Are you, mm-hmm. When are you seeing The Eternals, do you know? Um, Angela and I were thinking of going uh, this coming week, probably early on in the week, I'd, we're thinking. I'd say go s- as soon as you can and just to avoid spoilers at this point yep. if you can. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yep. And hopefully we can, uh, the next Off Topic Hot Topic, we can talk about uh, Shang-Chi because we'll have seen that on Disney+, Plus, which arrives, yeah, next week, I think, which is exciting. I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any other no, games you want to talk about? I think, I think that's nice. it from me. Oh, I will say that um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the four-part reunion, has come to a close. Um, How was it? It was good. It was very long-winded <laughs> for four sure. parts. It's a whole month of reunion specials. Um, look, I think Eric Jane is a cunt. That's what I'll say on that. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Eternals, quickly before we wrap up, mm-hmm. have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes score for the Eternals? No, nor have I read any reviews. The okay, only thing cool. I've seen right. is like David Chen's opinion on Twitter, which I sure. felt was seemed quite well balanced. But sure, uh, we'll talk about that when, once you've seen the Eternals. We'll talk about that. We might do a mm-hmm. little spoiler talk. We do for Marvel stuff sometimes. Okay, that sounds great. That's it. That's a, a, quite a short off topic. Hot topic. Uh, for us in the recent times. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, next week, we'll be reviewing Why the Last Man Season 1, possibly the only season, but hopefully not. Um, we look forward to seeing you there. They'll be on Twitch as well, hopefully doing that, so we'll let people know as well if and when we're doing that, so you can join along. We'd love to have people there to join the conversation, ask questions, etc. along the way. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Absolutely. 